Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Shop. This is a podcast for product businesses where I speak to both retail buyers and brand owners about what it's really like to start and grow a retail business. My name is Therese and I'm on a mission to help you build and scale a profitable product business through wholesale. Today I am joined by Bryony Taylor Edwards. Bryony is the head of marketing and home and gift and interiors buyers at Yarnton Home and Garden. And in her spare time, she also comes consults on brand marketing and buying strategy. Uh, Over the course of her five years at Johnton, the home and garden and gift store has grown to include a huge toy shop, a new clothing area, stocking women's, men's, children's clothing and apparel, and a large home and gift and stationery area. And before doing that, Bryony had never done a days of buying (laughs) in her background I suppose uh, as it was in her background was in marketing and brand building so she learned on the job and loved every moment and I'm sure we'll get more into that. Yarnton um, Home and Garden have won the Greats Awards, Best Garden Centre Gift Retailer Award and other high points have included working with local and small suppliers using her marketing and branding knowledge to promote the many small businesses doing things well. So we got to know each other ages ago on Instagram a little bit we're connected over there and I wanted to invite you to the podcast ever since but it took a rather long break (laughs) I'm very happy to have you here today welcome thank you so never doing having done buying before how come you ended up starting well when I got to Yarnton they didn't have a gift apartment and I felt that that was a big category missing so my boss said to me well going by for gift we don't have the budget for a gift buyer so just go and go for it and I also wanted to market a more sort of diversified product base so that's why I started doing it so you came from a marketing I guess you needed stuff to talk about yeah absolutely I wanted to attract a wider demographic to the center and we obviously did very well in plants but in order to bring sort of different family members in and the whole family in we needed different products so that's that's why I began. And what was the first sort of few brands that you brought in like what were you looking for what are are they still there today? (laughs) Well a lot of them um are and some of them we've moved on from but the first thing really was just that pickup gift so it was the till point gifts of sort of hand creams nice notepads soaps they sort of really easy to buy gifts at till point but since then we've evolved and we've got um it started with just two tables and now we've got an entire department that's amazing and do you love it Yeah, I do. I love the buying side. Obviously, it was very different from the marketing side. But Mm. with the kind of marketing intuition, I obviously knew that demographic inside out and back to front. So it felt quite natural to buy for them somehow. And Mm. it's meant that we've kept those two departments really close. So I go out and source and I talk to the product owners about their stories and about their inception stories and their products. And then I'm able to buy that and then market that straight away because I have that really good understanding of who they are and why they're doing what they do. That's amazing. And what do you look for in products now? Now when you can buy a bit wider, I suppose, Mm. what makes a good product stand out to you? Uh, It's a real combination of things. It's got to stand out on the shelf. And garden centres and our department in particular is very, very big. 
So things can get lost quite easily. So it's got to have really amazing packaging. And then the packaging has to have the right information on it, especially if it's um, a product like a hand cream or something, it's got to have all the right information. Um, I look for something that's a bit quirky and different. And I love to talk to brand owners about the story, so why they began. But sustainability has always been massive on my agenda as well. So what are the sustainability credentials? What's the production? How is it made? Where's it made? Are all questions I would ask. It's so interesting because, you know, like normally, like a gift shop, it's more like products are fighting for space and may. But in a garden center, to stand out, you have to almost take up a bit of space. <laughs> how do you how do you make sure that products do stand out in a got such a big place? You know, yeah, it is really hard. It's not like a tiny seaside boutique. Um, yeah, it is a big space and with lots and lots of categories. So we have to buy in volume. Because the more you have, obviously, the more that will catch the eye. And that's why I'm really looking for products that are eye-catching from a distance. Because mm. our spaces are quite big. So you want to bring people in different directions with the products. Um, but, yeah, we do POS. So we do uh, the signs to tell people about the brand stories and what they're all about. But I think customer, tra- customer service training is the main thing. So making sure our staff are fully briefed on all the products we stock, why we stock them, why we chose them. And is it? do you ever ask the brands to get involved in that if they're local? Yeah, all the time, even if they're not. So our, lots of our brands have come down and done staff training. We also host big events and we get them all involved. So on the 12th of October, we've got an amazing um, fashion event because we're launching our new fashion department. And we've got, yeah, it's really exciting. And we've got all the brands coming and representing their brands, talking to customers. But also that's a key time for staff to really listen in and get training as well. Yeah. Do you think it helps? Do you find that people that brand owners that take the time to come and visit and meet your the team that are actually there representing them from you guys does that help with the sales or do they usually perform better when the assistants and everything gets excited about their products yeah i i reckon it can be a make or break so we call it product seeding so if a If a brand rep will come and talk to our customers and pop up for a few days and they'll come and really inspire our customer service representatives, then we find that that product will seed really well and the customers will come back. I mean, if a customer comes and meets the person behind the brand and they're a small business and they tell their story and they really inspire that customer, that that brand has got that customer loyalty um for us which is obviously great but it means that they'll keep coming back that customer and buying and then I can keep buying the product where we haven't done that sometimes the small brands can sort of fade out a bit because it they just haven't grabbed that customer attention mm. I guess you also have to buy like a, a bit deeper into people's ranges so do you look for brands that have more quite a few products is that important to you or oh, it really just does depend if they've got like one standout product that's brilliant I will buy into that but obviously each account takes time to set up and manage Mm -hmm. and we do have a really personal relationship with all our suppliers so we like to meet them regularly 
um, because we like to build those relationships. So yeah, I am always considering, is this product worth our time in the office and then the time to market it and everything else? So ranges really help. I mean, if I can go one place for lots of things, equally, if it's just a really, really brilliant like candle brand, um, then you know I will do. I will invest if I think it's worth the investment. We always read in media and stuff. You know, like it's so challenging in retail. Tell us a product that is doing really well at the moment that everyone's loving. Um, I mean, clothes for us are doing really, really well. Just because it's not high street store stuff, you can park, you can walk in, you can try on some of our ranges. So. We're actually tripling our clothing department size. Wow. Yeah, which is the launch. So that's on the 12th of October. Where are you getting all this space from? Like, is there there less plants in the garden centre? Well, a few of our concessions have moved on. So that's why we keep rapidly gaining space. Oh. Yeah. And then you make it in-house instead. Yes, exactly that. So... Where concessions move on, we then expand into that space. And so it's been a real roller coaster because, like I said, we started from two tables and then over COVID, lots of them went into administration. So we suddenly had a massive super department. So that's why we're growing at pace. It's nice. I suppose for the customer, okay, concessions can work brilliantly, but I guess it's really, I love going to those garden centers that has like, a bit of everything but curated by the garden center it's just more fun as a customer i think yeah and i think it's nicer it's much easier for us to tell the brand story if we you know oversee the space Mm. so do you have a whole buying team for home and gift now or how does it what does it look like (laughs) Well, it, yeah, <laughs> it's still limited, but we do a work, we do well with a really small team. So it's myself, and then I have um, a lady who works with me called Emma, who I call HQ, and she keeps everything going on the systems, and she has an assistant. So it's the three of us at the moment on the home and gift side, and then there's um, two others over on the plants and the garden furniture side. Amazing. And what do you think? I'm guessing you get brands contact you all the time to try to pitch their product. What do you think that makes a brand stand out? Yeah, I get we get brands contacting us all the time. And as a buyer, you you are quite sort of ruthless. You're also really, really time poor. So you tend to um, generally ignore lots of emails which sounds awful but you literally just don't have the time to reply to all the emails um so what really stands out is when people send things in so obviously if they send in samples with a handwritten letter lots of product businesses get it wrong so they send stuff in but they don't put any contact details in Oh, yeah, it needs to be addressed to you, I yes. guess, for you to yeah. get it. <laughs> but they often don't even put their contact e- details in. So you oh. just get a bag of candles and you're like, okay. So that has oh. happened, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I think, I mean, I think it's difficult. Some products just aren't right and they never will be. It doesn't matter how many times someone contacts me. Other times, in a buyer's mind, they're always they've always got a backlog of products that they might be about to put in at any one time, or they might be about to drop a brand and replace it. So 
Consistency is really good. I have had brands that consistently contact me over a two-year period, and then I've put them in two years later. But because they've kept up that consistency of contact, they've stayed in my mind. Whereas if they'd only tried once, I probably would have moved on to another brand. I think like competition is really, really fierce, and it's really difficult. So from the brand side, and I tell brands this all the time, but it's really nice to hear it from you, uh, you know, that the consistency is important. But they always tell me, brand owners always tell me, oh, but I'm so worried, like, what if if I contacted them three times and not heard back, they're probably not interested, or even once. Uh, what would you say, what is a good follow-up? I would say um, contact a buyer once a quarter. And if you want a response, ask for it. So you, if you really want a response, if someone says to me, please, can you let me know either way so that I can stop, you know, hassling you? Yeah. And I know it's not a product I'm ever going to stock. I yeah. will be honest and get back to them and say it's not for me. So, you know, but equally there are brands that just keep going and they are successful with that strategy. You know, you're not – you're not annoying a buyer. Like they're not thinking poorly of you because you keep contacting them. They are just logging you in their mind to maybe look at at another time. So you would have like, you know, a stack of uh, brochures and catalogs for maybes, definites, and then you'd shuffle some over. And the same with products. So it's not annoying. I'd say just consistent contact is key. Like I have one account now, the one I was talking about, who tried for two years. She's very consistent. She sent me samples every quarter and a handwritten note and, you know, that she was ready any time I was. And now she is getting a lot of spend from me. She's like a key a key account. And it paid off. Like that strategy is now massively paid off. Yeah. And I think you can do it in a really lovely way because, like, I always – well, what I say is like, you know, you're helping the buyer, even if they can't buy from you right there and then, one day it might be the right time. Yeah. So really you help, because you can't keep every top of um, every brand that you possibly have come across that you think, oh, maybe that can work in the future. It's impossible, no? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think perseverance is key. And doing things like if you can follow that buyer on social media, LinkedIn, touch base. And again, if you really just want to know, just say, look, would you be kind enough to let me know? And, you know, on the whole, we will. It really is just a time thing. It's never personal. Yeah. I think that's the point, like for small brands as well. Like, you know, to them, it's very, very personal. Mm. So everything can feel personal. Sure. And and it can be scary. Yeah, it's really scary. It's really scary. And it's hard as a small brand to have that detachment like a bigger supplier would. It it is hard, but it isn't personal is all I'd say to small brands. It really, really isn't. And in an email pitch, what is something people can put to make it you go, oh? Um, I just think it's authenticity. Like, If someone wrote to me and said, you know, I've started this skincare brand because my child suffered terribly with eczema and I knew there was lots of people out there that had a similar problem. And so 
I went on a mission to source organic. You know, if you told your inception story from a really authentic mm. place and also told me how you're solving my customer's problem, because yeah. obviously as a buyer and a marketeer, I want to constantly be supplying my customers with products that they want and need. Yeah, um, I think that would sort of grab my attention. I think just anything that's authentic and nothing too salesy. If it's salesy, it's it's it just doesn't resonate. It's like a glossy advert. It just doesn't pick up any traction with me. Hmm. I guess as a marketeer, you probably like stories. <laughs> like- yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> true. In terms of that, then, because obviously marketing. It's probably a really useful background to have for this role. What kind of brands were you marketing before? Was it a big sidestep to go into this role? Like, what did you do before? (laughs) So before, well, I worked in London originally, actually, as a lobbyist. And then (laughs) I've had a a few career um, chops and changes, but... When I moved to Oxfordshire, I worked at Burford Garden Company, which is a beautiful, Love. yeah, beautiful and brilliant garden centre, um, sort of in the Cotswolds. And then I, I was headhunted to go and work at Yarnton to do nice. the transition because it was in a bit of a sorry state when I arrived. So that's what I did, and then I also do the brand consultancy for service and product businesses on the side so just helping them with their brand marketing strategy basically that's amazing i can't believe you have time for all of that (laughs) (laughs) yes it's a juggle it's a juggle but i love it so it works i guess it means that you get to keep your foot in like marketing more as well which is nice yeah I think it gives you that 360 viewpoint so when I'm working with small businesses I really understand their pain points and then when I'm in a role as a buyer I know sort of what it's like on that side as well so you get this nice sort of 360 awareness of of all of it and I think you know the consultancy is definitely like quite a happy place of mine because you feel like you're giving back a bit hmm that is great. And in terms of future plans, what are you think looking for this autumn? Because we're coming into peak buying season. Maybe you've already done some of it. Where are you at with it? Well, we're going to Paris to Maison next week and we'll do top drawer and we'll obviously do autumn fair. And I suppose I am looking for bright products, so colourful products for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I looking for? Probably stationery is going to be a big one for me. And Ooh, then any themes for your well, any particular colours? I love stationery. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just just bright, bright and beautiful. I mean, we do well with vent for change. And we also uh-huh. have if stationery. So I'm probably looking for more decorative stationery because they're sort of mm. plain arranges. Um and then we're expanding our cookshop as well. So sort of cookshop type gift gifts and food hall gifts as well food's massive for us at christmas so Mm. we'll definitely be looking for food gift do you also do boozy gifts yeah we do boozy gifts yeah (laughs) (laughs) because i feel like a garden center always have good food and boozy gifts is fun (laughs) yeah yeah we try and do lots so we've got a gift we've got a gift for all the family for sure and we've just expanded our toy department as well so a lot of that's already been bought because I had to buy for a new space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll be looking for unusual gifts for children as well. 
Amazing. And do you like going to trade shows? Is that what you do? Do you find that easier than trying to look in emails? What What do you prefer? Um, I love going to trade shows. I do a lot of my orders there. So whilst I do pick up new suppliers, I also use it to get a bulk of orders done. I like to just like get in the zone and get my head down in trade trade shows. I also use Instagram loads to source product and emails. Yeah, I will click. I will click on links and have a quick look, but it's that website really has to grab my attention. Mm, so yeah. I find that the websites sometimes don't tell the story as well as someone does, some people do on Instagram or at the show. Yeah, absolutely. So like Cotton Claret, people, the small businesses that really bring their brands to life on Instagram, it mm. does help a buyer sort of, you know, buyers are also human. So you've got to use those emotion marketing tactics on the buyers as well. Yeah. You want your buyer rooting for you, don't you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that means that they will sell it better to, in general, too. So, yeah. So, bright and colorful stationery. When do you buy? Do you also buy Christmas decorations and things like that? Yeah, we do. But that gets bought in January straight That's after all Christmas. All done, isn't it? Yeah, all done. <laughs> I was saying that to someone yesterday in a call and they were like, what, in January? And I was like, <laughs> yes, in January. <laughs> yeah, and I think the more the more sophisticated we get as a team, the earlier we buy because yeah. we're getting more organized and we're on it more. So, yeah, we try and get the bulk of our buys done, especially clothes as well. It's a year in advance. Mm. Actually, going back to like the website and and the Instagram and stuff, because if you source a lot on Instagram and you do occasionally click on a website, what can brands do more, I guess, from a brand marketing point of view, do to grab your attention? I think it's all about imagery. So, you know, I talk about this a lot on my Instagram. It's all about really good quality imagery like there's no point producing a really beautiful product and putting all your blood sweat and tears into it and then scrimping on the photography it's like so many businesses do it. it's like don't don't do that photography yeah. <laughs> photography is literally your best investment if you're selling a product you've yeah. got to tell the story via that photography and then I think it's just really quick brand messaging so we're organic we're eco we're made with sustainable packaging we care we don't you know whatever it is it's those quick so- soundbite messages that you want to get across really early on um mm. And I think those two things really, really help. And I think a founder being around, so seeing the face of a founder really, really helps as well. The buying year, what are the key times? So Christmas in January, maybe. What else? Like, what is the other times of the year? Do you go? Do you buy all year round? Is there, what are your schedule like? Yeah, my schedule is crazy because we... I buy and source so many departments. So I'm sort of gift, bath and body, home fragrance, clothes, accessories, menswear, children's wear, toys, food. So yeah, it's mad. Oh yeah. <laughs> but obviously <laughs> it doesn't matter so much when you approach then for you the first time. No, I don't think so. I wouldn't even log that as a consideration in my mind, you know, um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty bonkers all year, if I'm honest, for me anyway. 
And in terms of building a good relationship with you as a supplier, what is some things that some of your favorite supplier does or, you know, really good suppliers, the ones that you consider, you know, that just makes it easy for you? Yeah, so a lot of our suppliers have become friends. um, And I think it's the ones that are that ease my life. So they they have roughly worked out when my stock's low. They've contacted me and they've said, let's get a meeting in. Or the ones, that, I mean, obviously, if you can pop in and keep an eye on stock levels and stuff, that's great as well. But it's the ones that persevere with getting that meeting in. Again, just don't feel like you're hassling a buyer because you're not. They've, you know, they've probably not seen your email. Or they've glanced at it and something else has moved in. So it's the suppliers that just keep you on, like organized and on track, really. So set those calendar reminders to contact your buyer. Um, the you know it's nice, obviously, to get Christmas cards that builds that familiarity. It's lovely to get you know samples, and I think just that friendly face. If you if you're really approachable and lovely when you come and see us, we're probably you know we're going to want to see you again. Do you find that a lot of brands have stopped sending Christmas cards? Yeah, I think the the older the older brands do. So the ones that have been doing it for a long time do. Yeah. And the younger ones maybe not so much. Cuz I used to have like I always made my whole team write Christmas cards to all their buyers and I think they pretty much hated it. <laughs> because it was, you know, anyone that bought regularly, right? So like I would probably I, you know, send, say, 100, but then every but one, you know, if you were looking after smaller accounts, you would be sending a lot of Christmas cards. I think it's so nice. Yeah, I think it's that, it's that um, acknowledgement that there's a relationship there that keeps that business relationship going. Yeah. So it's just not taking it for granted. And, you know, Businesses can be as creative as they want. You know, they don't have to send Christmas cards if that's against a sustainable journey. They yeah. could send a sapling. They could, you know, yeah. there's various things that um, businesses can do to imaginatively build relationships with buyers. Yeah, that's true. My, I feel like my accountant always send like an e-card. Yeah. Which I, you know, apart from them, I didn't know was still a thing, but like it is apparently. Yeah. So I think just use your imagination. Yeah. No, it does feel nice to be remembered like that, I think, like to be thought of. Yeah, exactly. So you're going into your very, very busy season. How do you stay on top? Like, how do you keep safe during the next few weeks? <laughs> it's a good question. And I don't know if I will, but I think... um Having just a really good team behind you is absolutely key to this season. And just knowing it's not going to last forever. <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, I think come Christmas, actually, it quietens down for a buyer. Yeah. So, and for, and from a marketing point of view, because you've got all your Christmas marketing lined up. So I think it's just knowing it's September is, you know, a blast and it's a lot. It's full on. But, mm. you know, I will come out the other side. That's what I just have to keep in mind. Yeah, you will. And you will love it too because you, at the same time, as exhausting as going from trade show to trade show is also really fun, right? So Yeah. Yeah, it's energizing. You get to meet a lot of people and see a lot of new products. 
and you're mm. out and about so you're not just stuck in the office so yeah there are definitely worse jobs amazing and in terms of your marketing and you what you do on the side what is the plans for that how can people connect with you and what kind of people do you work with on that side? so lots of people reach lots of people reach me through um Instagram that's the main way that people get in contact with me and I just work with various small businesses so it might be a product-led business it might be sorry I got my daughter trying to call me the joys of being a working mum sorry sorry um um yeah so sorry lots of people contact me on Instagram on the marketing side and I offer one-to-one consultancy so I I do a brand audit on their brand and have a look at what they're up to and how I feel it's working and what's not working and then I go through that with them and then I work with them one-to-one to help them design a brand strategy reconnect with who they are and what they're doing and why and I share a lot of free marketing and branding tips on my Instagram as well. I think that's amazing. And I'll, if you want to grow your wholesale, like what better combination <laughs> yeah. than getting brand yeah, advice of- <laughs> and marketing advice plus getting to work one-to-one <laughs> with an actual buyer. Yeah, I do work. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bryony, for taking the time to come on the podcast. It's lovely to talk to you. And thank you everyone who's listening. I hope you're enjoying the season. Feel free to share where you're tuning in over on Instagram and tagging us. And if you're watching on YouTube, give us, I think it's a thumbs up or a comment. Tell us who you are, what if you have a business and what you do. And then the podcast will be back next Monday with another episode. So I hope you tune in then. Thank you so much.